lighting the sky, casting its shadows near. And on this morning, bright though it be, I feel those shadows near me. But you Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. A very warm welcome to St. Bride's Church in Cambuslang for the celebration of morning Mass, which is uh, the funeral Mass for the repose of the soul of Jim O'Donnell. I want to especially welcome Moira, uh, Jim's wife, who is here with us today. Welcome to their children, Mark and Kevin and Claire and daughter-in-law Tricia and son-in-law Charlie, and obviously also the grandchildren who are here today, Erin, Caitlin and Mirren. Welcome also to all family who are here, and all family friends who have joined us as well. Especially welcome uh, to all those who have joined us, uh, travelled a long distance to be with us today for the Mass. Some are not able to be here with us, uh, but will be able to join the, the Mass in the audio recording that will be available later on in the day. 
As all of you will know, Jim's death came uh, suddenly, although for a year he was suffering from the illness that would take his life. It's an immense loss for the family and for his friends and the many people that have known him. Jim O'Donnell was a good man. He was a very good man in every way. Pleasant, kindly, a good family man and a good friend to many in life. And all of you I know are personally touched by his death. I can tell you as his priest that he was very well prepared for his death and met it with great courage, with great serenity and with great Christian faith. Today we come to the church to thank God for his life and to pray for him at the end of his life. To prepare ourselves to celebrate these sacred mysteries, we first call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, in whose presence the dead are alive, and in whom your saints rejoice full of happiness, grant our supplication that your servant, Jim, for whom the fleeting light of this world shines no more, may enjoy the comfort of your light for all eternity. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God for ever and ever. Please be seated. A reading from the Book of Wisdom. The souls of the virtuous are in the hands of God. No torment shall ever touch them. In the eyes of the unwise, they appear to die. Their going looked like a disaster. They're leaving us like annihilation, but they are in peace. If they experience punishment as men see it, their hope was rich with immortality. Slight was their affliction. Great will their blessings be. God has put them to the test and proved them worthy to be with him. He has tested them like gold in a furnace and accepted them as a holocaust. When the time comes for his visitation, they will shine out. As sparks run through the stubble, so will they. They shall judge nations, rule over peoples, and the Lord will be their king forever. They who trust in him will understand the truth. Those who are faithful will live with him in love. For grace and mercy await those he has chosen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
nor the arrow that flies by day, though thousands fall about you, near you it shall not come, and he will raise you up on eagles' wings. to his angels he's given a command to guard you in all of your ways upon their hands they will bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone and A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. We know that when the tent that we live on earth is folded up, there is a house built by God for us, an everlasting home not made by human hands in the heavens. We are always full of confidence, then, when we remember that to live in the body means to be exiled from the Lord. Going as we do by faith and not by sight, we are all full of confidence, I say, and actually want to be exiled from the body and make our home with the Lord. Whether we are living in the body or exiled from it, we are intent on pleasing him. For all the truth about us will be brought out in the law in the court of Christ. And each of us will get what he deserves for the things he did in the body, good or bad. The word of the Lord. be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. With the coming of evening, Jesus said to his disciples, let us cross over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him, just as he was in the boat. And there were other boats with him. Then it began to blow a gale, And the waves were breaking into the boat so that it was almost swamped. But he was in the stern, his head on the cushion, asleep. They woke him and said to him, Master, do you not care? We are going down. And he woke up and rebuked the wind and the sea. And he said, Quiet now, be calm. And the wind dropped, and all was calm again. Then he said to them, Why were you so frightened? How is it you have no faith? And they were filled with awe and said to one another, Who can this be, 
for even the wind and the sea obey him. The Gospel of the Lord. Two things that Jim prayed for and wished for most of all. The first of these was to be able to remain at his home in the last months and weeks of his life. He wanted to be with Moira and to have the family and friends around about him. He wanted to be in his own place, surrounded by his own things and in the place that he called home. He didn't want to be in hospital, cut off from the people that he loved. The second thing that he prayed for and wished for, that when death came, it would not be a trial, that it would not be too heavy a cross for him to to bear. Both of these prayers and these wishes were answered in ways that he could not have imagined. He was at home, and he was with Moira and the family, and these turned out to be days of great contentment and blessings for him and for everyone. And the second thing that he prayed for was that dying would not be hard. It wasn't. In a short moment, he simply passed from this life. He came down the stairs, was unwell, got to his chair, and simply passed away. God granted him these two things in ways that he couldn't have imagined. To spend those last months and weeks in the warmth and the love of his own home, and for the call when it came quick, no pain, no lingering death, just a quiet call from the Lord, which he answered. He was crystal clear about these last weeks. He knew exactly that his life was coming to an end, and he met these days with great courage and great peace of mind. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't overwhelmed. He said that he'd lived a good life, which he had. he tried to be a good person, which he had. And his faith had meant a great deal to him, which it had. He entrusted himself to the grace and the mercy and the love of God. For the Mass today, I've chosen that passage from St. Mark's Gospel. Jesus in the boat with the Apostles. A storm rises, the waves shake the boat, and it's in danger of being swamped. But Jesus sleeps, and the apostles waken him. Do you not care, they say, that we are going down? In that moment he rises and silences the squall, commands the winds to be still. And in that moment the storm subsides, and he says in the end, Why were you so afraid? Do you have no faith? In those moments in which Jim first heard of his illness, it seemed too that a storm had come upon him and that he would sink also beneath the waves. How could it not be otherwise? Out of the blue to become ill and then to be fighting for your life? Like the gospel, he might have wondered, did the Lord not care? Did he sleep? But for him, the Lord rose and calmed the storms and the waves and the wind. He was not afraid any longer. He had great faith, and he allowed the Lord to pilot his boat in the weeks and the months and to lead him to his destination. I've been a priest for a long number of years now. On view at very few occasions, Have I met someone who at the end of their life had so much serenity and peace as Jim himself did have? On the occasions in which I visited him, I never left the house without thinking the same thing. What a remarkable man he was. He had such dignity, such courage, such serenity and peace of mind. I suppose it speaks much 
of the character of the man that he was. He always thanked me profusely for the times that I came to give him Holy Communion, to speak with him and to pray with him too. It was a pleasure and it was a privilege to be his priest. At the end of the Mass today, Mark will say a few words of appreciation of his dad's life on behalf of himself, his mum, of course, uh, the family uh, and everyone that's here. I just want to restrict myself to saying a few words uh, today. Jim himself grew up in these parts and knew many people in the community. He was often referred to as simply Big Jim because he was certainly that. He was a tall man. His family life took place uh, here in these parts. He attended the local school, began his working life uh, from here too. He married Moira and they were to have a happy and long marriage together. They were to have a very happy home and were very hospitable people to all who came to that home. Both himself and Moira were the best of parents to Mark and Kevin and Claire. He was devoted to his children and they have loved their dad very much indeed. And he was delighted, of course, uh, when Trish and Charlie came along and added to the family as well. But especially when those grandchildren came along as well, uh, Erin and Caitlin and Mirren, and of course we shouldn't remember, we shouldn't forget she. You would have known if he was here today. <laughs> it's not p- possible to measure the love that both Jim and Moira ha- had and have for these grandchildren. I'm sure that Mark will mention his love for Ireland and for all his Irish relatives and the land that he felt so attached to. One of the greatest things of the last months was getting back to Ireland and being so well and being able to do so much on that visit. I'm sure that Mark might also want to mention something of the love that he had for a certain East End of Glasgow team that he loved with a passion. I should also mention that he, that interest in football led him to coach and manage, manage our local St Bride's primary school team many years ago. I'm not sure that the school team was brilliant, but he worked with the youngsters and made lots of great memories for them. Family, of course, was everything to him. And if one of the things that he most wanted to be was to be a family man, then he certainly succeeded in this. He was always an honest man in his dealings and had great personal qualities, good humour, easygoing nature, kind in his judgments about others. He was always faithful and loyal and caring. Since hearing of his death, uh, many people have taken the occasion to say how sorry they are to hear of his death and always to say the same thing about him, that he was an exceptionally good and kind man, as indeed he was. To return to that image in the Gospel of today's Mass, when the storm comes, when life is turned upside down, Very often we feel that we are sinking or that we are submerged by the waves. But as the gospel tells us, the Lord rises and calms the storms. He says, do not be afraid. The Lord always rescues us. He will pilot the boat to calm waters and to a safe place. We need not be afraid. Those last weeks of life were exactly like that, that feeling of safety and security. Jim had that feeling of being steered and guided along the way to his destination. For the most part, it was plain sailing. The wind was in his sails. The destination was in sight. 
He often used to tell me on those visits that I made to, the home, to his home that he was overwhelmed with people's kindness, family and friends, and the many people who sent him good wishes and assurances of prayers. All of this meant the world to him. I think he would wish me to say that, especially to all of you who are here today. Today at the Mass, we thank God for his good life. We thank God for the blessings in life that he has been to Moira, to his children, to their spouses, to the beloved grandchildren, to his extended family, and to all the friends. For the joy, for the laughter, for the love that has been shared, for the good example of his life, that he gave that was so important to so many people. We thank God for all of these things, for the blessings, for the kindness and the love. We invite you to stand for the prayers of intercession. Lord Papa, that he may know the joy and peace of heaven. Lord, hear us. For Gran and all our family, that God may give us peace in this hard time. Lord, hear us. For all who were good to Papa when he was ill and helped him so much. Lord, hear us. That we may remember in this day all the joys and blessings that you give us in this life. Lord, hear us. For all the members of our family who have died, that they all all will be reunited in heaven. Lord, hear us. For me and my classmates who are making the sacrament of confirmation next month, Lord, hear us. We pray in a moment of silence for all our needs and intentions. Heavenly Father, with great confidence we make our prayers through Christ our Lord. Please be seated. I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry, all who dwell in dark and sin. Shall I say? 
to stand. Pray, dear brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May this offering, this sacrifice, be pleasing to you, Lord, so that the soul of your servant, Jim, finding through your mercy the pardon he sought for all his sins, may exult forever with all your saints and praise your glory for all eternity. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For even though by our own fault we perish, yet by your compassion and your grace, when seized by death according to our sins, we are redeemed through Christ's great victory and with him called back into life. And so with the powers of heaven, we worship you constantly on earth, and before you, without end, we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts. We are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray. By sending down your spirit upon them, what did you fall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. That the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more, giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember your servant, Jim, whom you've called from this life to yourself. Grant that he who was united with your son in a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection. And remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, her spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life, and we praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him, and with him, and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. We pray with confidence to God our Father in the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sins, but in the faith of your Church, and graciously grant our peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. 
Peace of the Lord be with you always. Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. to say to you with regards to coming to Holy Communion, if you'd like to come to Holy Communion, then the instruction in the time of the pandemic is that we have to receive Holy Communion in our, on our hands, uh, not on our tongue, uh, obviously, with regards to the spread of the, the virus. Uh, it might be easier then uh, for you, when you do that, just to receive Holy Communion and just to step to the side, uh, to kind of pull down your mask and take Holy Communion. It's a wee bit kind of difficult if you're on the move trying to uh, take communion so you just step to the side uh, pull down your mask and, and uh, receive the host in that way and then return to your seats This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. We will rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is a day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day, this is the day when he rose again, when he rose again. We will rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day when he rose again. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day when he rose again. This is the day, this is the day when the Spirit came, when the Spirit came. We will rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day when the Spirit came. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. This is the day when the Spirit Brotherly love that is 
As we receive these heavenly gifts, we give you thanks, O Lord, and humbly pray that the soul of your servant, freed freed through your son's passion from the bonds of sin, may come happily into your presence, through Christ our Lord. Please be seated. Hi everyone, Um, I wanted to get through this with no tears and that wasn't guaranteed but now I feel I need to after those bidding prayers because Caitlin will never let me live it down if I crack up here and after the job she done. Uh, Yeah, just some brief comments um, about my dad, as Father Morton said, born and bred and you can say now lived all his days in campus lying. only boy in his family, which I think fed the obsession with football and Celtic in particular. He uh, was only 13 when Celtic went to Lisbon. I know it was always a big regret of his, he never went, but he did go three years later to Milan to see them lose. And then 33 years later, Circle of Life uh, went with me and Kev to uh, went to the match in Seville. And not only did they lose, he turned up that day and his seat didn't exist with the tickets, he had to sit in the stairs and watch them lose. So all in all, you can sum it up, it's been a bit of a jinx really, so maybe if they get another final, they'll have half a chance. Uh, He met my mum in 1976, started going out with each other in 77, engaged in 78, and they got married in St Bridget's in October 79. Um, Went to Mallorca on honeymoon and went long back when my mum was pregnant with me, 
took a trip to Canada as well, which at that time was quite a, a big trip to see family. Uh, came back, me and Kevin came along within 13 months each other, which for me was great, obviously, gives you a best pal, continues to this day. Uh, looking back, I'm not sure how much planning went into number two there, or 13 months, you know. Uh, moved to Curtin Road in fall in 1984, and then Claire came along, completed the family in 86. We had a really brilliant childhood, uh, as Father Morton said. He was a great dad, would do anything for you, hard worker. Um, well travelled as well, I said, about Milan, Canada. Um, later years, went to New York, Dubai, uh, San Francisco, Florida, the works. Um, but it was Ireland that kept, and Donegal in particular, kept um, coming back, and that was our main holidays when we were wee, going to Ireland. And he absolutely loved it there, everything from the pubs, the restaurants, the scenery, golf, spending time with his friends and his family, both family in Ireland and family who uh, came over with him uh, when he was away. So Ireland was the main holiday for us when we were wee. When we didn't go to Ireland, uh, we ended up in Blackpool for a few days. I can't talk about Blackpool, just without mentioning, as Father Morton said, running the school football team. It was an annual trip to Blackpool likes of which you would never get away with in a million years these days. Uh, and he ran the football team for 12 years. Um, like Kevin, he would have been fine anyway. Kevin's a good player, but realistically, the only way I was ever going to get a game is if my dad was the manager. So <laughs> he's seen me, seen me right there. And it also the added benefit of for me and Kev, especially when we're we, uh, some of the more unstable primary sevens were more likely to adopt us as mascots rather than take our lunch money when they know your dad's the football manager. Uh, when he gave that up, probably gave him a bit more time. He fell back in love with golf. He joined Kirk Hill uh, just up the road. Um, and he absolutely loved it there. Get regular rounds in uh, every weekend. Um, a fairly high handicap still. I mean, I don't know if what he had qualifies as a golf swing, but he worked hard at it and uh, he, he really loved being up to golf. When we were wee, uh, me, Kevin and Claire used to needle each other, as I'm sure many siblings do, about who was the favourite child. Um, but those arguments came to an end in April 2005 when it became clear we were competing for second place when Erin came along. <laughs> uh, totally doted on Erin, we were all demoted and then seems further tumbled down that list when Caitlin, Mirren and Shay came along. But that was a joy for us to see just how close it was to the grandkids. Although it was a bit disconcerting when you seen yourself tumbling further down, kind of how much you loved Charlie and how much you loved Trisha as well. Uh, <laughs> struggling to make the top ten list at the end, you know. Um, before Erin gets too big ahead, I think one of the main things uh, with her birth that he was delighted about was the chance to form the Erin Open Golf Tournament that he formed in her, uh, her honour. That's ran every year since Erin was born. Uh, since Erin was born, uh, family and friends coming to play golf and then going back to my mum's uh, afterwards. And he was in his element in those days, a real highlight is his year. With friends and family and catching up with everyone and just a, a really good day. When it came to my mum, obviously completely devoted to her. Um, you know, re re my opinion, just everything a husband, a man should be. Um, something to aspire to for sure. Uh, it's great just with kind of the restrictions being uh, loosened and things over the last few months um, when the pandemic, just so many people can be here today. Uh, it's probably a shame the last 18 months, there's lots of people here that wouldn't have seen them as much as they would have uh, if it wasn't for it. But when I was kind of running through this, my mum kind of agreed it's maybe not a bad thing when you seen the frankly horrific and ridiculous beard he grew during lockdown uh, that I think he was made shave off in, in time. It's really sad, obviously, what's uh, what's happened. And I mean, there's no doubt there's a feeling he's, he went too young, but most of you know he was able to retire a few years ago. And the reality is, if he was to write his last few years, it would be what it was, which was being able to spend loads of time at home spend loads of time with the grandkids, uh, spend time with my mum, get to Ireland whenever he wants, so that's a real blessing. Uh, my mum's written out 
just a few thank yous uh, that I'd like to say. Um, the staff at the oncology department in Ward 18 at Hare Myers Hospital, uh, the district nurses in palliative care, uh, Heather in particular, for their ongoing care and support, uh, St Andrew's Hospice for their outstanding care and devotion during my dad's stay there, <coughs> uh, Dr McIntyre's surgery, with special mention to June and all the girls at reception, uh, Dr McKillop for her support and care, especially on the day my dad died, uh, Dr McCann, there's no doubt without her continued care and support, things would have been much more difficult. And last, but certainly not least, Father Morton, uh, been a tower of strength to my dad during the difficult period of ill health. Been a huge support to us as a family, particularly over this past week. You've really been amazing in putting up with she as well, I think you mentioned as well, uh, in the last few while, has, has been good. Uh, one thing that's not written here, but I would like to say is just... Uh, on behalf of everyone here, just a big thanks to my mum and Kevin, because the last few weeks, you know, difficult for everyone, especially for them, and it's a lot of inspiration to get taken out of all three people in that house over the last few weeks. So, just thanks to everyone, and hope to see you back at the Burnside Hotel. Those were lovely words, weren't they? Very well delivered too, thank you. Um, we're coming to the end of the Mass, uh, but just to say to you that the cremation is a private cremation, uh, and so therefore uh, what I propose to you is just at the end uh, of the Mass, uh, as you leave the church, uh, just to gather round uh, the, the car, the hearse, uh, the coffin. Uh, we'll have a moment of silence uh, before we drive off, we say a prayer together, uh, and of course that will be uh, our last moment so uh, again just to say to you at the end of the Mass uh, just to gather around the car and the coffin we'll have a, a, a minute, a moment of silence uh, we'll say some prayers uh, and then the car will depart please stand Before we go our separate ways, let us take leave of our dear brother. May our farewell express our affection for him, may it be our sadness and strength in our hope. One day we shall joyfully meet him again, when the love of Christ has conquered all things, destroys even death itself. Saints of God come to his aid. Oh.
to 